0: Good afternoon, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ Uh, uh, All of you are here and also those who are online Uh, I have this uh, (laughs) great privilege, given by you, uh, to share the Word of God uh, with you And today we are going to continue with our Journey Home series If you you remember a few weeks back, uh, Pastor Tony have shared with us uh, uh, the Doctrine of Effectual Calling and then Pastor Mike Carr also uh, taught us about uh, saving grace. Testing, yeah. And last week we have a brother from Briarwood, uh, Birmingham, who shared with us uh, what true repentance is. And today I'm go- going to share with you this uh, big doctrine. And in fact, you have read the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism, question number three. In fact, those answers already there. So, in fact, you can find out from there. But uh, I'll take this opportunity to uh, help to unpack uh, this uh, doctrine of justification. It, it may sound big, but in fact, it is, uh, can be understood by all of us. If you have the Bible, can you turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5.21? Then after that, I'll, I'll read another uh, verse. Second Corinthians 5:21: "For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God." And then Galatians 2:16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law no one will be justified. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word and uh, we pray that you open our hearts and uh, to see how great you are, to see your glory uh, through uh, the acts, the, the person and the works of uh, Jesus Christ. Pray this in Jesus' name. Uh, can anyone tell me what's on uh, October 31st? October 31st, anyone? Wow, I'm so pleased you say Reformation Day instead of Halloween. <laughs> I think we have done a good job, our church. We have taught you well. Yes, it is a uh, Reformation Day. It's the, in, in this day is to commemorate this, our reformer, Martin Luther, who nailed this uh, 95 Thesis uh, 500 years ago, which sparked this uh, Reformation movement. And uh, during this Reformation, one important doctrine in fact, it's the epic center of this uh, Reformation is uh, the doctrine of justification. You know, the Roman Catholic and the, you know, Protestant they were fighting over what is uh, just, uh, justification. In fact, Martin Luther himself said this, the importance of this uh, doctrine of justification is that it is the article by which the Church stands and falls. And another fellow... A reformer John Calvin said this justification is the main hinge on which the our salvation our, our Christian religion turns. So the idea is that this is important. The doctrine of justification is very important. If you get it wrong, you get the gospel wrong. So In order to appreciate this uh, justification we first need to know that our God is righteous And we know that God has revealed Himself through the Bible And the Bible tells us that our God is righteous There are many places in the Bible One example is in Psalms 97 It says the heaven proclaim His righteousness and all people see his glory. And in Deuteronomy, it says, a faithful God who does no wrong, upright, and just is he. So we praise God. We need to know that our God not only is holy, he's also righteous, upright, and he does no wrong. In fact, our God is the ultimate standard of what is right and what is wrong. And that is good news for us, for for those of us who are his children. Knowing God is righteous is not enough. We have to know this fact as well, this truth, but this bad news that we, human beings, created in the image of God, we are accountable to God. And we are not righteous We all fall short of the ultimate standards of God's righteousness The Bible tells us that no one is good Not even one There is no one who understands There is no one who seeks the Lord Even our best efforts, the Bible tells us Are like filthy rags in God's standard And Ephesians 2-3, we have learned through our uh, sermon series that all mankind are by nature children of wrath. And the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man because we suppress the truth in our unrighteousness. We human beings, we have committed this treason against this God of the cosmic by giving allegiance, allegiance to other things other than to Him and all of us have sinned and all of us have fall, fallen short of the glory of God Romans 3.23 So now the question we should ask, ask ourselves is that how can I be right with God. In fact, many religions ask this question, how can I be right with God? And Job himself poses this question to his friends, but how can a man be in the right before God? So if God is righteous and He judges justly, how can a sinful man be justified? And the Bible tells us that God abtalls anyone who justifies the guilty and the rebellious people. In fact, in Proverbs seventeen fifteen, if you read Proverbs 15, 15, 17, 15, it says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both a lie and abomination to God. So, how to justify the sinners? If we do that, that will be an abomination to the Lord. My children, I won't tell you which one. Probably some of uh, more than one asked me this. You say, Dad, why can't God just forgive all? You know, all the sinners. After all, He's God. He can do anything. We just forgive. Why have to send His Son to die? You know, just forgive. What? So, so we'll be right with Him. But the truth of the matter is, the Bible tells us that God cannot just forgive because God is just and God is righteous and sin must be punished. The fact that your father don't punish you for the wrongdoing, it doesn't mean that he's all good and righteous. It probably is because he's not carrying out his duty to discipline you and to punish you. So don't be too proud if your father don't take any action against you. And you don't go around and tell your friend that, you know, I got the best father in the world because he never punished me. You know, I can do whatever we like. That's not a compliment to your father. (laughs) That, in fact, we father sometimes have to repent for not carrying out a duty if our children were done wrong because we are not righteous and not just as God So children, if your father never punished you, so you must remember Is he doing the right thing? Is he doing the right thing? If I'm wrong, shouldn't I be punished or disciplined? But the Bible tells us God cannot just let sinners go unpunished because He is righteous. So if it is an abomination to justify the wicked, how can we be right with God? How can the righteous God justify us, the wicked sinners? Well, as you know, God has done something humanly impossible. There is one righteous way to declare sinners to be righteous and remaining at the same time, remaining just and true to His righteous character. And we all know that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, in the human form, in the likeness of the sinful flesh. But He lived a life of righteousness, even though He was tempted in every way, but without sin. He sent Jesus to be the sin offering. That's the solution. To overcome this, justifying the unrighteous, and yet being righteous God. He says, For the sake, He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him, we might become the righteousness of god and that is the way because adam who was our representative of the hum- humanity and all of us have been united to him in his sin in his condemnation but through the death of jesus christ the last adam he is the representative of us who belong to uh, belong to him and His death has redeemed us. He lived a righteous life on our behalf so that we can be righteous. My children always like to ask questions. He asks yet another question. Why must Jesus die? Maybe there's another better way, a better one, you know? Even though you cannot just begin, maybe you choose another option. Maybe, this is not what he said, but maybe by killing children, maybe by killing all the rats and all the cockroaches in the world. Isn't that a great idea? No, children, no. That doesn't work. There is no other way. Because shortly before Jesus was betrayed, the night, he was praying at the Gethsemane at the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed and asked God that it it is possible, let this cup pass over him. But not his own will, but let the will of God prevail. But you and I know the cup was not removed and Jesus in his obedience, he walked the, the road to Golgotha and die and endure the suffering on the cross and die bearing all our sins and for those who put their trust in Him in order that the ungodly can be justified. God would have removed the cup if there is another way. So I believe there is no other way to justify the wicked except by sending His Son who lived a perfect life and who who died a perfect death. So what is justification? This is very important uh, to, uh, to the Gospel about Jesus. And to put it simply, it simply means it is an act of God in declaring us to be just and righteous in His sight. So it is, in fact, a legal declaration by God. It is got to do with the court, like the legal system, and it's a judicial pronouncement. Some times ago, uh, as most of you will know that uh, I practice as a lawyer, and many years ago, I got this client, the old lady, who came to me and told me that his land, which she bought, many years ago, back in the 80s, was suddenly transferred to an unknown person. So after that, I represented her, I did a search on the land office, and I discovered that somebody forged her signature and get the property transferred, and a new title was issued to a new owner. Then I started an action, and I, I sought this relief what we call declaration that my client is the actual owner and not the other one. And the title be cancelled, be declared to be null and void. So that our client's title will remain valid and and enforceable. So to cut the story short, the court at the end of the day granted the declaration. So with that declaration In the form of a court order, I presented, we presented the court order, which declared that my client is the actual owner to the land office. And the land office don't look beyond whatever. He has to obey. He has to cancel the new title and reinstate my owner, my client as the actual owner, because that's a court order. There is a declaration declaring her rights. So, just like in the case of justification, in fact, this is in the heavenly court where God the Father declare us who put their trust in Jesus to be not guilty, to be righteous. Because... <clears throat> And remember that unlike our legal system, where our our former prime minister can appeal to so many levels, and this court of heaven is the final court. There is no more appeal, nothing. And the declaration is still stand and valid. And this declaration that we are righteous entails the forgiveness of all the sins, all the past sins, all our present sins, and all our future sins. Because Paul declares that there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And King David in Psalm 103 says this, he said, As far as the east is from the west, so far does does he remove our transgression. We have been declared Righteous and our sin has been removed. However, well, you must note that just because our sins are removed, it doesn't still solve the problem. So if you are clean as snow, it just means that you are morally neutral. It's still not good enough to be right with God. So it will be like a When Adam did nothing in the state of uh, neutrality, he has not gained anything right or wrong. So it's like uh, like our bank account, the fact that your debt has been cancelled, it doesn't mean that your your bank account is big, you know, you got a lot of money, it's just that you don't owe anything but your money, your account still zero. And yet we need this righteousness to be in the right standing with God. So, in this uh, doctrine of justification, you must note that not only God forgive our sin, He actually give us the righteousness of Jesus. This is uh, what the theologian would say: the great exchange. Uh, Martin Luther is the great exchange. What has been exchanged? We got a very good deal, brothers and sisters. Our sins, all our sins, we exchange. We pass it to Jesus, and Jesus, in return, gives his righteousness to us. And this is what we call the great exchange. So in the Old Testament, Isaiah said this to describe this situation where we have been given the righteousness of God. He said in Isaiah 61-10, He said, He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. And in the New Testament, Paul says this, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And in word, the theologians, let's learn some of the, the terms, is this double imputation. Our sins have been imputed to Jesus and Jesus has imputed His righteousness to us. So when we say Jesus has imputed His righteousness to us, this means that God will regard Jesus' righteousness as belonging to us. It is as if it belongs to us so it's credited to us just like the bible says that abraham believed god and it was credited or counted to him and as righteousness so the this declaration of righteousness of god it doesn't mean that we are actually inherently inside us we have changed and become very righteous that's not the case we still remain the same as far as this doctrine of justification uh, is concerned. So, of course, the issue of regeneration, this is another uh, thing. But as far as justification is concerned, we are not inherently righteous, but it's just that we are credited this righteousness. This is the legal declaration I have said. When you look at this, This is your uh, righteousness, even though within you, you are not righteous. So when you look at regeneration, there's some work inside us where the Spirit regenerated us and changed our heart. But as far as justification is concerned, it is strictly a declaration by God that you are righteous. So from here we can see that justification is entirely based on the person and the work of Jesus Christ in His righteous life on earth and His death on the cross. So not only did Jesus die for us, He lived a righteous life on our behalf so that it can be imputed to us. And this is the righteousness from God which consists of Jesus' obedience to the Father in life and in death and in one sense, we are justified by works. You might be shocked, we are justified by works. It's just that this work is not your work. This work is the work of Jesus Christ. So we are not inherently righteous and justification does not change that. Because you and I know, actually we can acknowledge that we still sin. And how do I know that? Because just 15 minutes ago, you were confessing your sin together. And you do this every Sunday, right? And most importantly, just a very simple test. Do we obey the first commandment? Do we love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your strength and with all your your might yes we still we still sin we are still not inherently righteous but that is not to be confused with the process of sanctification which uh, Pastor Wong will be uh, dealing with So, another important truth about justification is that it is entirely by the grace of God and not by anything outside the grace of God It's not by your own works, it's not by your merits It's not uh, grace plus something else It's not circumcision, it's not uh, grace of baptism or Holy Communion Nothing of that sort. The Bible is clear on this. And in fact, in chapter 1 to 3 of the book of Romans, Paul explained that we cannot make our, ourselves righteous before God, <coughs> Excuse me. no matter how hard we try. He said in Romans 3, 23, 24, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God's grace here means his unmerited favor to us. God has no obligation at all to impute all our sins to Christ and to impute Christ's righteousness to us. Uh, it is sheer it is by sheer grace of God. It is not 50-50%, you know, 50% of our work, 50% of grace as if we are equal partners with God and it is not even 1% a tiny bit of our contribution to this justification by God It is 100% entirely by grace of God For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing It is the gift of God not the result of works so that no one may boast. Because some, of, some people might find this quite objectionable. Because, you know, we have been uh, living in this society, this environment where we have to earn everything. We have to, you know, uh, deserve something, you know, it must work for it. You know, I grew up in the family where we have to depend on ourselves. Nobody gonna help you, you know. You, you must earn for it you must fight for your right but no the Bible tells us that you don't fight for your right to be justified you have to bow down in true repentance and broke down and look to Jesus and tell Jesus that I have sinned I can't do it on my own to be right with God I need you i need your righteousness i need you to take my sins i cannot bear it and see god so even in muslim religion they have this pahala and pahala if i remember correctly it's and dosa if this point system if you good do good deeds you have more points if you dosa you sin Then minus point, then at the end of the day there will be a final accounting see whether which one is more and I was told that even your pahala, your reward is outweighs your sins there is still no guarantee there's still no guarantee that you go to heaven there's no assurance like what we have here if you ask a Christian how you go to heaven, he will be joyfully tell you that there's nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with his own work. Nothing to do with his merits. There's no point system. It is by the grace of God that God has declared him righteous because of Jesus Christ. Christ who died for us. So the Bible also tells us that we must believe in Jesus before God will justify us. Uh, it is through our faith in Jesus that we are being justified. If you read uh, Galatians two sixteen, just now we are read, you will see that there's a sequence to it. In fact, Justification will come after we have this saving faith. I'll read to you again that we also have belief in Jesus Christ in order to be justified. We also have belief in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Paul also says that Christ is to be received by faith. And God is the justifier and the one who has faith in Jesus. He says we have been justified by faith. However, this does not mean that our faith in Christ, even our faith has earned favour with God. But rather the Bible says that we are justified through faith, which means by means of our faith. And this is the faith that God used as an instrument to give us justification So why faith? Why God chose faith to be the medium of justification? Why we are justified through faith? Why don't God give justification uh, to all of us uh, who show sincere love? Who show humility? Those are good virtues or contentment but why faith? Have you ever asked this question? I think the answer is that by faith to mean we are not depending on ourselves or any merits of our own and we are totally depending on God because this faith is not faith in ourselves this faith is our faith in the object of this faith who is Jesus Christ in fact Paul explained this in Romans uh, four sixteen. he says it that, that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed in to, to all his offspring. And this is why Martin Luther famously stressed that justification is by faith alone, or sola fide in Latin. And Paul repeatedly said this, by works of the law of human being will not be justified. We are not justified by believing in this doctrine, you must remember. Knowing this doctrine of justification doesn't save you or doesn't, justify you we should not see our faith even our faith as the basis of justification it is not our faith that earns justification and the basis of our justification I will repeat again is Christ Jesus our Savior so Paul says a lot about <clears throat> justification by faith and not by work Since God is the one who justifies by sheer grace, and we contribute nothing to it, it sounds so good, right? So great. We don't really do anything. We can just sit back and relax. Our works doesn't matter. Is that is that right? I think James saw this problem. If you check the the Bible, James clearly see this as a problem for Christians. We sinful Christians, sometimes we find loophole to justify our sins. Just like what Paul was saying, you know, let sins abound so that grace can abound as well. By no means, isn't it? So if you are a true Christian, you would not do that, you would not think that way. So James saw this problem uh, he says something which seemingly uh, contradicting what Paul is teaching us about this justification uh, by by faith. Uh, if you see James chapter two verse twenty four, James this says this. This is when you if you see this as the first first time, you would think that this is a contradiction. James says that you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. What is he talking about? Paul just said that you're justified by faith alone, not by work. But James is saying that the person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Is this an inconsistency in the Bible? So are we justified by faith alone, just like what Paul says? Or are we justified by works and not faith? So in order to understand this apparent contradiction, I think we have to look at the meaning and the sense in which the word justify is used and the context it was used. The original Greek word for justify in fact have a range of meanings. And one important, one significant meaning of justify in its original word is to declare to be righteous, declare to be righteous. Uh, this is a meaning we have been uh, talking about. I have been using this as far as Paul is concerned. However, the same word justify can also mean demonstrate or show to be righteous. And one example we can see from the Bible is uh, from the book of Luke, where uh, Jesus uh, talking to the Pharisees, saying, you are those who justify yourself before then but God knows your heart. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. You are those who justify yourself before then, but God knows your heart. The Pharisees is not going around and making that legal declaration that they are not guilty. That's not the meaning in this verse. But what Jesus means by the word justify in, in that passage is that the Pharisees were always trying to show others how righteous by their outward deeds. You remember, when they pray, they make sure everybody can see it. When they fast, you know, make sure people can see it. They are fasting to show how holy, how righteous they are. In fact, if you look at both passages, Paul and, and James, they, both of them refer to Abraham to support their points to support their contention they refer to but they refer to different passages in the book of genesis so when james says in chapter 221 say was not abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son isaac on the altar so james is referring something actually later in abraham's life the sacrifice of a Isaac in uh, chapter 22. This is long after Abraham, uh, which was quoted by Paul, was said to be counted righteous when he believed, which is in chapter 15. So you notice that there's this time gap between the two. And Paul is talking about the time God justified Abraham as a result of his faith in God. Abraham believed And he was counted righteous. And you you see that Abraham waited for many years for the son to be, for Isaac. And there's a time where Isaac should be old enough to carry his own wood uh, to the sacrifice. And that time, if you follow that uh, meaning, it will be Abraham was shown to be righteous by his work in obeying God. Abraham's faith was evidenced by his act of obedience. So in that sense, James was saying that Abraham was justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar. In fact, this interpretation do fit well with the concerns of James in chapter 2. Because James is concerned uh, to people who claim to have faith, but there's no change in their lives they say in, he say in James 2 show me your faith apart from your work and i will show you my faith by my works for as the body apart from the body apart from the spirit is dead so also faith apart from work from works is dead and James here is saying that faith that has no result we show no works Is not a real faith at all. It is a dead faith. So James is not being inconsistent, if you notice, with Paul. Because he's merely affirming another truth. That is, that a person who is declared to be righteous by God, he will bear fruits. And the fruits can be seen in his works. So Paul, actually if you take this understanding, Paul will have agreed this uh, with James because he asked in Corinthians to examine themselves to see whether they are in the faith. And Paul also talked about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. And in fact, in Ephesians 2, uh, from eight chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, Paul talks about faith and works together. You see, he said, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast so this is very clear then immediately after this verse 10 says for we are his workmanship we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus guess what for good works we are created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them we are prepared for good works right after that we are saved by faith alone and not by work immediately after that he says we are created for good works I think if you take that understanding that works or good deeds are evidence of justification and it's not the basis of justification, then you will not see any contradiction in the two uh, passages. And in fact, this is what Martin Luther always said. This famously said this: He said, "We are justified by faith alone. We are justified by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. We are justified by faith alone, but not." By our faith, that is alone. This means that our faith will not be alone, and, and faith, our faith, have a friend. Has a friend, and this friend is good work. So, when whenever you have this genuine faith, you have this work. That you bear fruits and can be shown by your works. So. Basically, that's uh, the biblical understanding of justification. So, what are the implications we, that we are saved by faith alone? We are, God justified us uh, through our faith by his grace. In fact, this is a good news to all people. So whether you are rich, whether you are poor, no, whether whatever, ethnicity you are, you're yellow, brown, or any color, you're male or female, or you have PhDs, like some of us here we have, or you are illiterate, We are justified by the same way. <laughs> Praise God for that. There's only one way God justify us, by the work of Jesus Christ, not by your academic qualification, not by your Wealth, and it is irrespective of our status or even our past, what we have done in the past. So all of us, no matter what your past are, you are not beyond grace if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ. So this will relieve a great burden from all of us. Because it's nothing to do with our works, on our, on our merits. Because we, we too no longer bear this burden to justify ourselves, to pay our own debts, to pay the penalty for our own sins, because, because Jesus has paid for it. And on top of that, He has given you His righteousness. So this is humbling, isn't it? This uh, doctrine of justification by faith alone. Because it is not by our works or our merits, but purely by the grace of God. And this is what exactly Paul said, so that none of us can boast. Boasting is excluded. And all praise and all glory belong to God, who justifies the sinners through our faith in Jesus And his finished works and we as his people can have this assurance that we have this salvation we have this justification because it is God who justifies and it is not us another great truth and the implication of justification is that from our identity as an enemy and the children of wrath, as we have uh, heard just now. We are now called the children of God. And God is for us now. If God is for us, who can be against us? No one. He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? God will not hold back anything which is good, for us. And He has proved it by giving His Son in order to justify you. God is for us now, justified people who can bring any charge against God's elect. No one. Satan can no longer threaten us with this accusation that because God has clearly told us that He has justified us through faith. Who is to condemn? No one, no one can condemn us any longer Now for those of us who believe in Jesus And have been justified Then now we can live our Christian life With the status Knowing that we are justified And we are, have peace with God And we have God on our side And the Bible tells us that Jesus is now sitting at the position of authority at the right hand of God and He's interceding for us So the blessings of God and our journey do not stop here Next week, Elder Victor will continue his journey home with this doctrine of adoption and thereafter, Pastor Wong would talk about sanctification both are really important both flow from this effectual core And may we truly live out our lives as people justified and dearly loved by our God. Let us pray. Father, we want to give thanks to You, want to praise You for all that You have done for us. We are not worthy. And we thank You that this great gift of love, Your Son, Jesus Christ, has done all for us. We are thankful that We contribute nothing. In fact, we are unable to do anything to earn our salvation, but purely based on your grace and your love. Lord, help us to see us as your beloved children and walk in your way worthy of your calling. And from now on, help us to continue this journey uh, to live. with you on our side and no one can against us and to pursue this journey of holiness until we see you because without holiness, no one can see the Lord